у у где я любовь Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, listeners. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I have a special guest with me. It is Shannon Kennedy from eurolinguist.com. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Kirsten. How's it going? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I was just saying to Shannon, this is crazy listeners, you won't believe this. It's been nine months since Shannon and I have had a Skype conversation together. That's what Skype just told me. So it's about time, isn't it? It definitely is. Yeah, we text each other nearly every day. (laughs) (laughs) But here she is. And Shannon, I'm so pleased that Shannon is back. I brought her back to the Fluent Show because last year, around about this time, we recorded this review of 2018, kind of went through Shannon's year, how it all how it all went. And I, I had so much fun. You know, we talked about your best books and your favorite apps and, you know, the best language courses and such a fun review. Now, last week, listeners, if you go back a week, you'll be hearing about my own 2020 language plan. But since we did a 2018 episode of this, and I really enjoy having a pattern of something coming back, I think it's really fun to see what's changed. I invited Shannon back on the show to run a 2019 version. And she said, yes. <laughs> I did. It's so nice to have you here, Shannon. It's so nice to be back. Yay! Before we kick off, as always, I want to give a shout out to our episode sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Yabla. And Yabla is an online video database resource player magical wonderland where you can find videos in Spanish, English, Italian, French, German and Chinese. And this is all authentic content. So it's things like reality TV shows, things like music videos, it's YouTubers even. And you get this special, amazing player system, custom playback, where you can, I mean, of course you can stop and start, duh, anyone can do that. I can do that in my VHS player. But this can do so, so much more. You get subtitles in your native language and in your target language. You can switch off whichever one you want, plus learning games clickable vocab so anything you can click on and my favorite thing which is this custom playback system meaning you get a loop playback of whichever feature you want to listen to and you can just listen to it as many times as you want you don't have to sort of skip back what did she say skip back what did she say it just does that for you so you can get a whole hour of what did she say if that's what you want (laughs) yabla is the premier language learning video platform with tools to enhance conversational understanding. They've even got a dictation game. It's called Scribe. You can stream authentic shows on there that you're going to enjoy and learn at the same time. Also great if you're in classrooms or if you're a teacher. So give Yabla a try. There's a free month in it for you at yabla.com slash fluent show and when you go there you're also supporting our show thank you very much (laughs) and on the website i've also left my special offer just in case you want to get it have a look it's called the kickoff 2020 in style bundle and there's a special discount for language learners who want to test out one of my courses now shannon kennedy you're back (laughs) I am. Yeah. For those who don't know Shannon, she's a regular guest on The Fluent Show. You've been on about four or five episodes. You kind of pop in, pop in periodically. (laughs) I definitely do that. (laughs) Yes. And Shannon, you've got several kind of focus languages, but overall, you, you know lots and lots of languages. So I've got a list here that's 10 languages and it says French, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Italian and Russian, that is still pretty much it. You doubled in German last year as well, right? Yeah, so actually in the last year, um, I added two more languages. Um, I 
wouldn't say that I'm not going to continue with them. I kind of studied them for a short period and then stopped um, because I was learning them to prepare for a specific thing, which ended up not happening this year. So it probably will happen in the future. So I kind of am keeping them on the back burner to maybe refresh at a later point and get to a higher level. But I was at 10 languages at the end of 2018, and I'm at 12 languages at the end of 2019, and I will be working on my 13th language in 2020. What's your 13th language? I am going to be learning Hebrew. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was a language that's always kind of been on my wish list uh -huh. and um, like one that I've always like have always kind of wanted to learn. But, you know, before it was like eight languages, that's enough. I don't need any more than this. Ten languages is enough. I don't need any more than this. <laughs> and now 12 languages, this is enough. I don't really want to learn any more than this. But um, I, that's one of the things about working in languages is that, you know, you get asked to learn languages sometimes, especially me for my work in music and with drops and things like that. And so... Um, I'm learning Hebrew as a part of the 90 Days with Drops campaign, and then I'll also be doing it during the Fluent in Three Months Challenge starting on January 13th. So. Wow. So, yeah. hey, listeners, if Shannon sounds familiar to you, you might you think I've, I might have seen her around. <laughs> Do you come here often? She, she does come to language learning very, very often. Shannon is also the host and sort of, what, what are you called, head coach? I'm the head coach, coach Supreme, yeah. Coach Supreme of the Add One Challenge <laughs> over at Fluent in three months, and she works for Drops, which is a previous sponsor of the show, and it's a really fun vocab learning app that's got an incredible amount of languages, and it's also very beautiful and just really fun to use. I still use Drops myself. I do too, and I am also one of the co-founders of Women in Language <laughs> and Language League host. That's true too. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've got several projects on the go as well. So Shannon and I work together and I've joined Shannon and Lindsay's gate crash, Shannon and Lindsay's party by joining Language League. <laughs> so that kind of gives you a little flavor of what 2019 was like for Shannon. But I mean, can you sum it up in your own words? What was last year like for you? Yeah, so 2019, I wrapped up my Hungarian learning project. I started working for Drops. Um, I go to Hungary every six months, so I figured it'd be a good idea to start learning Hungarian. So I did a um, kind of an accelerated project at the end of 2018, which we talked about. And then in 2019, um, I work with a music company that's based in Japan. And when I started working with them, I decided to learn Japanese, and they were quite impressed with the fact that I had done that. So they asked me to learn Hindi. So I started learning Hindi. Um, and then um, later, another music company that I work with decided to ask me to learn German because um, they wanted me to go to Switzerland and do a presentation in um, the German-speaking part of Switzerland. Neither of those trips ended up happening to either India or Switzerland this year, but it's likely that they will happen next year. So um, I did some groundwork in both of those languages, and I will definitely pick them back up when those projects end up happening. But the other thing that I did in 2019 was in February, I went to Iceland. And so I wanted to see how much Icelandic I could learn just on the plane. Like from the moment I started traveling to Iceland to the moment that I arrived in Iceland. So um, I studied a little bit of Icelandic. I did okay on the trip. I was able to do things like order coffee and impress locals with these random Icelandic words that I knew. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get much further than that. And then, of course, the minute that I left Iceland, I forgot everything. But it was just an interesting project to see, like, if you're preparing for a trip, how much of the language you can actually learn if you wait until the absolute last minute to do it. Now, there's a key question here that you haven't quite touched on, which is how long's your flight? Because you don't live in Scotland. It's not like a hop to Iceland. Right. Um, I think the flight was, oh, I can't even remember. It was somewhere between eight and 12 hours, I believe. So um, probably right in the middle of that, around 10. Because for me, I know for me from California to get to Paris, it's just over 12 hours. So, and Iceland is obviously far before that. So I think it was like, within the vicinity of eight to 10 hours mm. of travel time. Yeah, so eight to 10 hours and it's enough, it's really enough to get you travel ready. Yeah, it definitely was, especially since the tool I was using exclusively was Drops and it was right 
um, we have what's called travel talk, which is basically a, spe- a course designed to help you get travel ready. So I was, I had an advantage with that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I think it's excellent. And it's such a, something that, that makes me think of, you know, people sometimes when they're starting a language, perhaps even not necessarily add one, because that's a three month um, program. But sometimes people will say, I want to learn this language because I want to, you know, order and exchange pleasantries on my trip that I'm going to Greece. And when you ask them, oh, great, when are you going to Greece? It's like seven months away or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what you're showing with with something as little as that is really is really this you know this this understanding and the reality that actually if you just want uh travel functional you know and i'm going to forget it afterwards but i'm enjoying my trip more if you want that level of language then really you don't need seven months for that and you can actually set yourself much much further goals if you've got that much time available definitely i think what i did for icelandic was kind of comparable to cramming for an exam Mm-hmm. So, like, you just study a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, I basically studied nonstop um, the entire time I was traveling. And so, like, you just study, study, study. The words are in your head. And then there's kind of, like, this dump moment at the end of it where it's like, okay, the exam is done. I can forget all of this. And your brain just kind of, like, clears it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like that's pretty much what happened with the Icelandic project. Um, but one of the things that I did do is I didn't try and learn any new words after the flight, but I did go back and review the ones that I had already studied a little bit each day to kind of keep them fresh in my head. And did you find Icelandic um, easy enough to learn just through an app in the sense that like I've studied Icelandic in the past and I did I actually did a Benny Lewis challenge. I'll have to I'll have to look for the blog article about that sort of did a okay, just um, 10 day script out a conversation, see how far you can go. And all I can also like you before a trip. And all I can remember is yeah, gift, (laughs) which means I am married. That is that is all I can remember. And what I what shocked me and what what really set me back time wise was that Icelandic is super difficult to pronounce. Yes, it is definitely difficult to pronounce, but I was using drops. So I had like the audio and I could hear all the words that I was learning. Mm hmm. So that helped me a lot. Uh, there wasn't as much ambiguity as if I were just like seeing the word and trying to read it. Um, so that helped. Um, the other thing for me, like as far as easy or not easy, I wasn't really trying to learn grammar. I was just trying to like learn enough to piece together things like a latte, please, or a coffee, please, or this one, please, or thank you, how much, mm-hmm. some numbers and things like that. So I wasn't necessarily worried about how many mistakes I was making. If my grammar was correct, I was just going for being understood. What did you expect um, Icelandic was going to be like? Um, for me, I guess I kind of expected that it would be something along the lines of being similar to Swedish or Finnish or, um, one of those languages, like part of that family. And, um, we actually have a Swedish team member at drops. And so I was asking, he said, yeah, when I'm reading, I can understand a lot, but I don't understand anything when I hear it. Oh yeah. That's how I am with Dutch. That is exactly how I am with Dutch. I can just read it, but when people talk, suddenly it's like, you're not saying what I'm seeing at all. <laughs> okay, next question. What changed in your life and in your languages in 2019? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, what changed for me? I feel like prior to 2019, languages were like, the only thing that I did, like I went full into just focusing on languages. All my free time was spent on languages. If I was watching TV, I had an app open and was studying languages. And I feel like 2019 wasn't so much like that for me. I had like actually a bit of a break from languages in 2019 too, like um, between June and uh, maybe October. Like I almost didn't do any language study at all. Um, just because like my work with languages took up so much of my attention and time. Like I just needed a bit of a 
breather, I would say. Um, the other thing too is that, uh, in 2019, I started doing music again a lot more seriously, which I guess you could say music is kind of a language, but, um, I basically did two whole albums in 2019. The second one is not released yet, but it, for all intents and purposes, it's completed. Um, so like I was doing a lot more music. So some of the time that I normally would have been spending with languages was spending on producing an album, producing two albums, writing the music, learning, like playing, recording the songs, um, collaborating with other musicians and things like that. So I guess I would say that 2019, uh, gave me the opportunity to have a slightly more healthy balance <laughs> between languages and the other aspects of my lives. Like I wasn't all, yeah, languages only. Um, I kind of dove back into some other parts of myself. And, and Shannon, you brought a song for the podcast to show what you've been up to, right? I did, yeah. What? So the song, <laughs> there's actually an e English version of this song, but um, the version that I am bringing to the podcast is not released. So it'll be the first time anyone gets to hear it. So oh my God. it's basically like the debut. Um, the song's called Where is the Love? And it was a song that a friend and I wrote together. We were recording, working on the project over at our house and we're like, let's just try writing some stuff. And um, so we got out a looper pedal and started playing with some ideas. I had a guitar and I was playing things and singing to her and we came up with this song and she just started vocalizing on it, which is where the words, where is the love came from. That's like the words that kind of just fit into the melody that she was singing that we were working on. So we had that little hook and then I went home and I finished writing the rest of the song. And after I finished writing it, I was like, hmm, it'd be fun to do this in Croatian. Um, because on my last vocal album, I did a couple of songs in French. And um, so I was like, why not Croatian? So I worked with um, a Croatian translator to uh, translate the lyrics into Croatian. And then I recorded a Croatian version of it. So here's the Croatian version of Where is Love, which in Croatian is Gdje je ljubav. Shannon for bringing it. I'm super excited. Oh, world world debut, world premiere of Gdje Lubov, right? Gdje Je Lubov, yeah. So that's, that is actually, it's funny, isn't it? When you ask something like what changed in your life and your languages, we, we can't always pinpoint specific moments, but there is, it sounds like something really, something really shifted. So if we're looking at January 2020, what is your situation now with, with languages? How, do, they, do you still have space for them in your life? Oh, definitely. I think I'll always have space for them in my life because uh, it, it kind of goes by this little bit of a maxim that I guess I always try to 
live by because it's mm-hmm. advice that I give. So, you know, you want to follow your own advice. And that's, um, if you love something, you will find the time for it. And that goes for anything, you know, like if you really want something, you will find the time for it. And if you're not finding the time for it, it's probably because for whatever reason, you don't really want to do it or want whatever it is at that moment. Um, so for me, because, you know, languages are really important to me, I really do enjoy learning them and the process. Um, I will always find time for them. Um, maybe not necessarily as much as 2018, but though I, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about languages. So I will definitely, I mean, even during that period where I said I wasn't studying, it's not necessarily true because I was still having contact with many of my languages. Like I take my son to Chinese school. So I was, you know, using Chinese on a weekly basis. Um, I read in other languages all the time. Um, I was diving in and jump kind of jumping in and out of some of the different flashcard apps that I use and things like that. I like when I say I wasn't studying languages, like I wasn't doing what I would have done in the past where I take one language and I really intensively study it to learn it to, you know, like an intermediate level quickly. Um, I was just kind of touching base gently with each of my languages. Um, and I think that 2020, I do plan on having some intensive language learning projects like with Hebrew, but I will also probably, um, I think now at this point, especially with the number of languages that I'm at, I really want to focus on not losing the languages that I have and then with a few of them improving them. So, um, I think that's going to be more my focus than what I had been doing in the past. Like 2018, I was learning lots of new languages and, um, 2020, I, with the exception of Hebrew, it's probably not going to be the case. It's, we go through seasons, don't we? In, in terms of, in terms of language learning, where if you take on a new language, there's all this foundation work that you can do again. Many people really enjoy the foundation work and I'm always... I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be, you know, not good, but I want to kind of get past that. And with Chinese, it's been, mm, it's been a lot of foundation work. And I've, I've, I'm, I hit my period where the foundation work is kind of topped out in the sense of my patience for it is topped out. I could be doing loads more still. So we, we go through seasons, we go through phases. And the thing I really, like that you emphasized there and it's it's a really important one for for you listeners as well to kind of realize and and understand that just because you're not studying it doesn't have to mean that you're not learning you can maintain that contact and you can kind of just keep languages alive in your life and that is really the way to to learn lifelong and to not lose it all because that's not really what we're here for. At least here on the Fluent Show, we we talk so much and I talk so much about sustainable learning. And to me, that is really important. So the kind of stuff that Shannon is doing, it's it's accessible to to most to most of us, really. Mm. Shannon, what about motherhood? Do you have a moment where you you found you were sort of language mama and you felt like, yeah, I got this. This is really cool. <laughs> Um, I I think that's the thing about parenthood is like, there's never a moment where you feel like you've got this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I just, for me with my kids, it's all about showing them that I'm passionate and interested in things and kind of leading by example, because they're always watching you. And, you know, you can tell them to do stuff and you can force them to do stuff. Um, but really the decision ultimately becomes theirs. So for me with languages, it's important for me to just share them with my kids because they're just such a big part of who I am. And, you know, I don't want to like any part of myself to kind of be a stranger to my kid, like to have my kid at like... I don't know, at 15, 16, be like, I didn't know this about my mom, you know, like, I want to be kind of transparent with them about like the things that I do. And, you know, if they show interest in it to share it with them, because, you know, some of the best moments with your kids are when you are sharing something with them, like when I'm cooking with them, when I'm, you know, uh, my son asks for mama's song all the time in the car. Um, (laughs) he has one in particular from my last album that he absolutely loves. So it's just sharing that stuff with them, you know, and when your kid takes interest in something that you're interested in, it's just, it's really awesome. And I would never like force languages on my kid to be like, you have to do this. You have to speak as many languages as I do. Instead, I say, okay, 
like, hey, do you want to like do something in French or Chinese? Like, let's play in this language and just kind of making it fun for them and making it something that I share with them because, you know, especially at the age that they're at, they're most interested in just doing things with me and playing with me and having my attention and my time. And so making languages a part of that play, making languages a part of that experience they have with me is just, I don't know, I find that it works and it's natural and it's just really good for bonding and for learning. What lessons do you think you learned from the year 2019? Um, that I do have limits. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't so sure before because you, you, you are you are extremely capable and you're one of the people where I always think like, how does she, like, well, where does it stop? <laughs> you know, so so you found, how, how did that feeling come up? Um, I, like, I, before I... I had a really difficult time saying no. And I just say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that with everything. And um, I, I mean, the, to some degree, I kind of accept it. It's like, okay, you know, I could learn X languages really, 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 really well by focusing in on them and making them like my languages. Or I can learn all of these languages to, you know, still a pretty good level and be happy with that. But I found, and like before I was completely fine with that. I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine speaking a bunch of languages at a like lower intermediate, upper intermediate level, some advanced depending on the language, like French. But then I realized that more recently, I'm actually not as happy with that as I thought that I'd be. So I wanted to really start to get better at all of the things that I do. So in focusing in, um, it forced me to say no to some things. And it's not because I'm not capable of doing a million different things. It's more because uh, the level that I was doing those things at wasn't something I was satisfied with. So um, in order to really get better at, you know, a more limited number of languages, I had to learn to say no. Mm. Do you, are you Are you willing to share anything that you said no to? <laughs> um good question uh well just like a personal note for example um you know i my history i have a really hard time giving up languages that i've invested any time into um mm -hmm. kind of the loss fallacy thing mm. so like for me to invest any time into Icelandic, you know, there's always kind of this, should I keep doing it? Should I keep working on it? Do I really, am I really interested in this? Like, um, I had to say no to doing that. And then there was an opportunity for me to learn Farsi as well. Cause I have currently the community that I'm a part of, there are a lot of native Farsi speakers, Farsi, oh my goodness, Farsi speakers. And it, would be a great language for me to learn and better connect with those people in my life. Um, and of course my immediate instinct is, Hmm, that would be really interesting. Oh, this would be really fun. What a way to like kind of impress them and connect with them. And, you know, uh, you know, just develop that relationship. And, um, I had to say no to doing that as well because, you know, it would be fun and it would be really rewarding, but, It just wasn't right for me. Mm, I understand. I understand. Do you think learning a language because there is a community of speakers around you is is a good kind of first starting reason? I think so, but it also depends on you. Like, do you want to be a part of that community? Do you want to connect with those people? If you do, then like that's an amazing reason to learn the language. But if it doesn't matter to you so much, uh, then maybe not. I mean, the reasons to learn a language, they're so personal. And I think every language that I've learned, I've had a different reason for doing it. Like, um, German, Hindi, Japanese, I all learned For work. Croatian I learned because I heard my dad say, I wish my dad had taught me to speak Croatian a million times growing up. And I was like, I don't need to wait for someone to teach me this language. You know, it's a heritage language. I just want to feel this connection. Um, you know, Russian, because I just love the language. I think it's like for me personally, of course, this is different from person to person. I just love the way that it sounds. And so like, you know, I just wanted some part of that. And then, you know, so Italian, I learned because I had to learn it for school because, you know, so much of music is Italian. Uh, and 
So my reason for learning every single language that I've learned is so different. Um, and you know, community is a reason to learn a language. If that's the right reason for you for that language, then go ahead. If it's not, then, you know, don't. <laughs> mm. That's a, that, I think that's a good summary. And I can, I can really empathize with us. Like last week on the podcast, I was saying these are personal choices. And I kind mm -hmm. of had to tell myself that again, because not just do we learn languages, you know, with an immediate community of speakers around us, also in, in the world that we live in now, we learn languages in, in a universe where we communicate what we're learning and we, you know, like it, it's part of who we are. And sometimes I look at sort of, this is unbelievable like because I because I so often say like be yourself da, da, da. but it's partly because I'm talking to myself you know and I'm saying like don't you know just because I don't know Richard Simcott speaks Macedonian doesn't mean Kirsten Cable has to doesn't mean anything like that just because like bloody blah is learning Catalan doesn't mean I have to learn Catalan and it doesn't make me anything less so I feel honestly I feel the pressure sometimes thinking well you know Shannon speaks Chinese. Katie speaks Chinese. <laughs> Why can't Kirsten learn Chinese? Kirsten, keep learning Chinese. And it's motivating, but it has a shadow side of, you know, of, of if you're not careful, giving away your personal choice and you kind of have to claim that back. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree. And I don't, I don't know if I personally feel the pressure to learn a language because someone else is learning it, but for me, it's more like, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm. Or I look mm. at some part of the language and then I'm fascinated by it and I'd be like, oh yeah, I want to learn this. And then I have to think about it. Do I really want to learn this? And then also because I travel so much deciding, oh, that was another no. I went to Portugal in August and that was the first time since I've really gotten into languages where I did not make any effort to learn parts of the language before going to the place. In the past, I had always done that. Like I, for me, it's almost like being rude if you don't learn any yeah. of the language uh, when you go somewhere. I mean, obviously I knew how to say thank you. I knew how to say hello, things like that. Um, but I already knew that. I didn't go out of my way to study any additional Portuguese to that. And that was a situation where I told myself no, because I was working on Korean for the trip to Korea I took with Lindsay. Um, of Lindsay Does Languages and also co-host of the podcast. Mm. Um, and the so language me, and everything. <laughs> and everything and women in language. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but for me, that was a big no because, um, you know, the trips were two weeks apart and it was more important to me to get my Korean back up to speed than it was for me to take the time to interrupt that with Portuguese. So I had to say no, no Portuguese because... It just, it's not possible for me, you know, to divert my detention, attention in that way right now. Yeah. See, my, the next question on my list is what surprised you? So I guess it, maybe it surprised you that you would travel and, and make this choice and, and you know, you have, you have it in you to make, to make difficult choices like that as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much reading into you there, but honestly, what, <laughs> what did surprise you in, in 2019? Um, there were lots of surprises. Like I didn't expect to study Hindi or German. Like I thought I was done at my 10. <laughs> I thought I was done at eight. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember, I've somehow. heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> so um, adding two more languages surprised me for sure. Um, especially Hindi because, uh, I mean, my interest has always been kind of more with European languages, hence the name Eurolinguist. Um, but then of course... Chinese, Japanese, and Korean happened. <laughs> um, but like those were my three. I was like, okay, those are the only three Asian languages that I'm going to learn. I'm not going to dive into anything else. And then when I was asked to learn Hindi, I kind of was surprised at the answer that came out of my mouth. Like, yeah, for sure, I'll do that. And then I studied it and um, I got to a bit, very basic conversational level in it. And then what surprised me with German and Hindi also was that I totally stopped studying them, which is not like me. I kind of continue to manage all of my languages, but those two, after I found out that the trips weren't happening this year, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a break from these and then I'll go back to them when I need to go back to them, um, which was kind of uncharacteristic for me. Uh, 
doing the short Icelandic project was a surprise for me as well. Um, you know, changing the way that I manages my, manage my languages was a surprise for me as well, like completely dropping the previous routine that I had and doing something different. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were quite a few surprises for me this year as far as just, and then the no thing as well, like realizing that I can say no to things like learning Portuguese and be okay with it. I think I was worried that I'd feel guilt, I suppose. Um, at those sorts of decisions, and I realized later that I'd feel more guilty not spending the time on the projects like Korean um, that mattered most to me than if I said no to something that didn't matter quite as much to me. Mm. Gosh, it really reflects the, the the personal nature of of languages, and and, and you know, like it means bigger things in a way about about us and about our lives you know languages I, I heard this from i think elizabeth who's um elizabeth brockner who who is also over at uh, fluent in three months and sort of you know a community member and she said something like languages reflect our inner world and i always think back to that and i think that is such a that is exactly why why kind of i speak about languages in the way that i do and i feel like that sort of you know if you can say no to portuguese you can say no to much bigger things as well Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's actually an empowering step. Definitely. I mean, practicing saying no to small things definitely helps you pra learn to say no to bigger things that you need to say no to, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them we do. What are you going to change going forward? Sort of maybe you can look forward to the year, you can forward to the decade. People like doing that right now. <laughs> But, you know, what are you going to change going forward? Something you want to take with you? I think um, I definitely want to keep practicing saying no um, so that I can become better at prioritizing things in language that matter most to me. Um, I am looking forward to diving into a new language with Hebrew. It's a new writing system. It's a new language family. It's... Um, lots of new for me. So it'll be nice after all of this to have that kind of new. Um, and then, you know, for 2020, I really do want to focus on improving the languages that I know and prioritizing those languages and doing some of the more deeper learning things that I haven't been able to do because I'd been learning so many new languages recently. Nice one. And the last one, Kind of leading on from that, looking forward, what are your language learning goals for 2020? So for the first quarter of 2020, Hebrew, for sure. <laughs> um, and then after that, I really want to deep dive with Hungarian. And I really want to deep dive with Russian. Those are the two languages that I've kind of just did the bare minimum to get them to where they're at and to get them to a level that I'm happy with but I've never really been able to give them the attention that they deserve from me mm -hmm. as far as how I feel about them priority-wise. And so in this year, I want to do that. And then I also want to turn my attention back to Spanish once again. Um, Spanish is one of those languages that I've deep-dived with, dropped, deep-dived with, dropped. Um, so this will be my third kind of deep-dive with it. And I want to get it to the point where it's kind of on par with my French and Chinese, where they're just like my languages i feel like mm. if that makes any sense <laughs> i know that feeling so if in last week's episode i spoke about uh, chinese and the way you know like where i'm at with chinese where i feel like i'm sort of in the slog but i know from experience that if you just persist for that slight bit longer you can actually you know you, you can kind of almost it's as if you're trying to climb this massive wall and then at some point you're just like okay right i'm at the top And it's not, and you know, and then you get on the top and then you go, right, now I can see from here everything else. And it's not like I feel like I'm, I'm anywhere near, you know, like where I am with my English. I've got this advantage and disadvantage. That I can, I'm always comparing everything to my English, which is, which is like this, you know. So it is, my Chinese is never going to be like that, probably, probably. At the same time. I, you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to quite give it up yet. But there's all these other languages, and and I kind of put it down to: Am I feeling the love, or am I not feeling love? And like you, I kind of have this. Like I was like, okay, I'll stick with it a little bit longer. It's not quite love, but maybe we can be friends. And uh, but 
then in the second half of the year, I'm always like that, you know, like maybe it's, it's something about people like us where you, you just kind of always have these other languages that are just kind of tempting you. And even when you just said Russian and I was like, oh, I only did a little bit of Russian. I would love to do Russian together. And I didn't even mention it last week because I was talking about flipping Italian and, and British Sign Language and then like, oh, maybe Polish. And you're like, what? Why is wrong with us? <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of languages that I'd be like, oh man, I should learn this one. Or this one's so close to one that I already know. It'd be so easy for me to learn <laughs> kind of thing, but just reeling that in a bit. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to say with to you about the slog that you're feeling with Chinese is I actually remember um, Chinese was kind of like the first language that I really seriously studied outside of school. And I remember certain milestones with it where I almost had this sense of deja vu where I'm like, I remember feeling this exact same thing when I learned French. Or I remember feeling like, I, I remember being at this point with, you know, Italian in school. And it's like, so I know that if I keep pushing through this, that this will get to that level. And it was, it was strange because it was literally like deja vu, like this feeling like I know I've been exactly here before. Um, and so like that, you know, it's just one of those things. I guess it's one of those things that you learn when you learn multiple languages. Like your first one, everything seems hard and new and different. But then when you start learning other ones, you kind of have, it's like, oh, I, re I remember this moment or, oh, I know if I do this thing, it'll help me, you know, break through this block that I'm facing with this particular language because you, you have that language learning skill, which is different than a skill in a specific language itself. Mm hmm. I absolutely agree with you. And and I feel, I, I, I so agree with you as well on this being a point of experience, because I was thinking that like this, I know this isn't, and I think the difference is if it's your first language and you're hitting that, you're hitting that wall, it's not even a wall. It's more like you're hitting that, I don't know, like slow motion and suddenly everything is not quite as satisfying. You, you kind of blame yourself. Whereas if you're on like language 10, like we are, you just know it's not really your fault. It's just part of the process, part of the game, as people say, part of the process. That's right. That's right. It's worth mentioning, too, that knowing that it's part of the process doesn't make it any easier to get through. Like oh, no. you still struggle with motivation. It's like, oh, I don't really feel like doing this right now. Or it's like, yes, I know if I get to this point, but it still sucks. <laughs> so, I mean, that's still there. That never goes away. But I mean, that's just part of the forward thinking. It's like, okay, so I, I'm learning Hebrew and it's like, oh, another writing system. It's like, I don't have a thing where I like have a problem with other writing systems, but it's just like with Hindi, I never learned to read Devangari because like I just, my focus was speaking. Yeah. So I totally skipped that step. And now it's like with Hebrew, it's like, okay, you know, I'm already dealing with Russian Cyrillic, Chinese characters, you know, Japanese katakana, hiragana, kanji, Korean alphabet, you know, it's like, do I really want to learn a language with another writing system? And I think that's part of what made me hesitate towards learning Hebrew before, you know, it's like, I really want to learn Hebrew, but do I really want to take on another writing system? Do I really want to take on another language family where everything's going to be different from the other language families that I'm already in? And I'm already in, you know, like romance languages, Slavic languages, Asian languages, like, you know, Chinese, Korean, and Japanese don't have that many similarities. And it's like, okay, do I really want, do I really want this? Like, and, um, you know, the opportunity with doing it as part of 90 day with drops and 90 days with drops. Sorry. And then, you know, it's always kind of been this like, Oh, I really want this language. Um, it just kind of perfectly came together for 2020. But, you know, I know I'm going to hit those points with Hebrew where I'm like, why am I doing this? But looking forward, kind of big picture, like at kind of reminding yourself, this is why I'm doing this. Like I'm, you know, I, I have this reason for doing this kind of helps you push through those moments. It doesn't necessarily make them easier, but it helps you get through them. Mm -hmm. That is, that is so, so true. And it's a funny one, isn't it? Cause we've got, 
you know, it sounds like, we, you know, after, after all these languages, you've got all these advantages and you kind of like, you know, you know, you can do this and stuff. The self-doubt question, the question goes away. But mm -hmm. like you say, number one, it doesn't make it any easier. And and other problems kind of come up because you start <laughs> to go, oh, I already know this is hard. I don't even have naive optimism on my side, you know, and I don't yeah. have. Also, I am now because I know I can learn lots of languages. I'm also tempted away by every flipping other language as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the challenges become they just become different. They do become different. Um, and uh, it's like one of the ways that languages or any kind of learning relates to parenthood. It's like with my son, you know, it's like this phase is my favorite. When he grows out of this phase, I'm going to be so sad. But then the next phase is like, oh my gosh, this phase is my favorite. I'm going to be so sad when he grows out of this phase. And it's like each new phase becomes my favorite new phase. Oh. But like it doesn't keep you from worrying about what the next phase is going to be. Um, <laughs> it's, and especially like, you know, you hear all of these things and it's the same with languages. It's like, oh, terrible twos. Oh, when they get to be teenagers, hormones, this and this and this and this. And with languages too, it's like, oh, you're learning, you know, Hebrew. Oh, Hebrew doesn't like write out vowels. You need to like, it's like this language is hard because of this. And you have that in your head going into it. And it kind of becomes like this little obstacle in itself, even though, you know, it's like, okay, there's hard things about every single language. Yeah, I get that. But it's still kind of there, you know, present in your head. But I found too, like you were asking me earlier about one of the lessons that I learned that I'm taking away. And I wouldn't say this isn't, is like kind of like a, rel a relevatory lesson for me in this year, but I feel like this year kind of kicked it into me a bit harder and that's that like we have this misconception that motivation is what gets us through our language studies it's like oh yeah I'm feeling motivated to study I'm going to sit down and study for eight hours today woohoo but I find for me motivation is really more the reward of doing the study so you know just constantly reminding myself I don't feel motivated to study today that doesn't matter I'm still going to put the time in anyways because discipline rewards me with that motivation because then like if I'm doing the work, if I'm sitting down and I'm putting the time in, I get rewarded with that motivation because doing that time gives me the kind of milestones that I need to reach to have those moments where it's like, oh, that was amazing. I just had my first conversation in Hebrew and now I'm feeling motivated to keep it up. But the only reason I got to that conversation is because I had the discipline to put in the work that led to that moment. Mm. Yeah, we're always walking that balance between the yeah, the, like like motivation. Motivation isn't <laughs> motive. If you have motivation when you start, and you don't marry it with with discipline, then you don't get the rewards, and then you never get more motivation. It's almost like you know, if you're like little like a video game character, and you're running around, and you're running around, and your energy bar is going down. You have to you have to kind of hit those re ups. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's the conversations or hitting those little goals or whatever it is that you wanted to accomplish. And that's why the goals have to be so small because you, you can't like go beyond, you can't fill your energy bar up 12 times over. I guess you can kind of, you know, if you're in Zelda, you can carry little bottles and snacks or whatever. But it's, you know, like it's this thing where we have to pace ourselves and we have to give ourselves the milestone. And the milestone is what is what reboots our energy. Yeah. And sometimes for me, like the goal isn't even like, oh, I'm going to have a conversation in this language or, oh, I'm going to, you know, feel this confident by the time I travel to this place in this language. Sometimes it's just something like I'm going to put in my 15 minutes on drops today. And when I do that, that's good because, you know, I've at least spent 15 minutes with the language or it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go in and read this many pages in link today mm. or, you know, I'm going to, it's Sunday. I'm going to book all of my language lessons for the week. And like, sometimes that's all the goal needs to be, mm. you know, it, it's just showing up almost. This is a great, great bridge to our next sort of section of the podcast, which is our list section. And one of the questions I have for you, so I'm going to just start with that one, is what were your top three apps of 2019? Apps specifically. Hmm. Mm. Language learning apps, other apps, <laughs> travel apps. Maybe you've been traveling a lot. <laughs> Uber. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, my top three 
I don't feel like they really changed. Um, for me, it's still memorized because I have the ability to create my own flash, uh, custom flashcards. And my process for learning a language is pretty much have a lesson, have my tutor write all the words and phrases that I don't know or don't understand in the chat, copying those all over into my memorized flashcards and studying them between lessons. And it seems to work really well for me. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You can still make your own flashcard sets and memorize? Yes. What? How? What? How do well, Okay, I mean, okay. Walk me through this process. I mean, I, w I might do it with Smart Cards Plus, but I think they only let you do it on the phone. So do you do this on your phone or on the desktop? On the desktop. You can't create them on the app. Anymore. But I study, yeah. No, you never could. I don't with know memorize. if you never could. Yeah. Um, but I study them with the app. Ooh. I just add them on my computer. Like, I have a reminder for myself every Friday, add all of my lesson notes to my flashcards. <laughs> so, um, like, basically at the end of a lesson week, I just go through and I, I do it in batch. You know, I put on some good music and uh, then I just, like, go through and I add, like, for every language that I took a lesson that week, it's Japanese, Hungarian, Korean, whatever, and I add them to my flashcards um, on that Friday, kind of in mass. And uh, so that way it's just done. Do you not work over a lot of paper then? Uh, not so much anymore. I did. Um, you know, when I'm studying with a course book or when I'm watching videos on YouTube or things, I always write things down um, into a notebook. But I found that now the way that my learning schedule works. It's like I basically just have a lesson, learn lots of new words and phrases, study those in between lessons, um, do a lot of listening. Um, I still use Pimsleur a lot, which is, they have an app, but I don't use the app. I just use the old school CDs in my car. Um, I load them onto my phone and I listen to my car. Um, so that's, that's just kind of an automatic thing for me. You know, I go into my car, my phone connects via Bluetooth to my radio and the lessons start playing. Um, I just put them in order on my phone um, in a playlist so that it, it's just all automatic. I don't even need to think about it. Mm. And then, um, but that's not an app. So you ask for apps. So mm. memorize, I use drops, uh, you know, every single day because it introduces me to words that I probably wouldn't learn on my own. Like in my lessons, we talk about very specific things that are related to, you know, my interests or what I'm doing or what I'm learning that language for. And so like those words are very specific. Whereas with drops, it's like, oh, I would never think to learn this word in this language. Um, but you know, it's good that I'm getting exposure to it so that if I hear it, I recognize it, or it just kind of gives me another insight into the language. Um, so it kind of, just opens things up for things that I wouldn't think to do on my own, which is why I really enjoy it. And then plus it's translation free. So I don't, I don't have to see English or any other language in the app when I'm learning. Um, and then the third app of course is link, you know, I'm a total link junkie. We've talked about this before on the podcast and I'm sure you can reference which podcast that is. It's, um, but you know, just for me, I love reading so much and, you know, I do too much of it in English. So trying to convert as much of that over to the other languages is important to me. So it's the basics, really. Link drops, memorize. And then how do you get the audio in your, into your car? <laughs> how do you get the Pimsleur audio? In your car? Do they have an app themselves? Yeah. So there's two ways. Um, for me, usually I just buy like the disc set. And so then I import the audio from the CDs into my iTunes library, which mm -hmm. then syncs to my phone. That's the way that I've been doing it. But actually yesterday, um, I went to go get the Pimsleur Hebrew course. And um, I was like, I'm, just, I'm not going to get the discs. I'm just going to download the audio and then import it into iTunes. And they had something about their app on the website. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just download the app and see what it's like. I downloaded it. I logged in and all of the previous courses that I had purchased for download automatically went to my phone. So like Chinese, Croatian, everything was there. And I was like, wow, oh, this wow. is really convenient. Yeah. So um, I bought the Hebrew course and um, it just went straight to my phone. They've got flashcards and reading materials and stuff now in the app. And so I think that's the way that I'm going to do it from now on because I get all of those additional materials and it's all right there. Um, so I'm not going to be doing it the way that I had been doing it in 2019. Mm, so memorize, Pimsleur, link and drops. Yep. You got to drop one. It's top three. Uh, well, Pimsleur's new. I haven't started using it yet, so it wouldn't be 
a part of my normal routine. Right. So it'll, it would be drops, memorize, and link. I will put and it then, in the notes as a hot contender. Right. <laughs> the end of next year, it might be my top three. <laughs> mm. What about books? What, about, what were your top three books of 2019? Ooh, good question. Um, so my top three books for 2019, they don't need to be language related, right? If they helped my language studies? Absolutely not. No. Any okay. any book. If they made you feel good, then they still helped you languages. We are holistic humans. <laughs> All right. So um, one of the books I would have to recommend is uh, Atomic Habits mm -hmm. by James Clear. It's a really great book about habit building. And um, so I would definitely recommend that book if you're interested in like routines, habits, motivation, things like that. So that would be one recommendation that I have. Mm. Um, That's been a the, hit, 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 hit. I've heard that so many times. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting book and there's a lot to think about. Um, another book that I would recommend for this year um, – For me, finding a Hindi course book that really worked for me, especially since I wasn't learning Devangari, was difficult. Um, so the one that I settled on that I found really helpful was Complete Hindi by Teach Yourself. So I would probably put that in my list because I did find myself using that pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. You know, And, I just uh, found a relatively bargain version of the Teach Yourself Chinese, and the Teach Yourself Chinese is also fairly characters free like they put the alphabet in a different book so maybe that's their style maybe i don't know i haven't used it for a language that has the different writing system mm -hmm. um so this was my first experience doing that i did have it for croatian and a couple of other languages um italian i think and german so this was my first time with a new script language um and i the way that they did it just it really helped me a ton um as far as you know working through the language without really diving into the writing system mm -hmm. um the third book that i would recommend is because internet understanding the new rules of language by gretchen mcculloch it's not really about a language per se, but it's language related because it's all about communication and the way that we communicate online. And I just found it really interesting, really fascinating. So I would recommend that as my third book for this mm. year. I started reading that. I got it from the library and absolutely just really enjoyed the, uh, well, the introduction and sort of half the first chapter that I got through. And I met Gretchen as well because she spoke at Langfest Didn't see her talk because her talk was on at the same time as, as my session, but we did chat a little bit afterwards and stuff. And it seems like a lovely lady as well. So because internet, yes, it's fascinating. Really loved it. Her, her way of writing is, is really nice. And she's got a lot of humor in her writing, doesn't she? I had to bring mine back to the library um, and then couldn't renew it because the, it already had a list of three other people who wanted it. So I'm going to try again this year. Yeah, it's... I. Plus, her writing style is just really accessible and entertaining. She's got kind of like um, a little bit of sarcasm, a touch of sarcasm that just makes reading the book really enjoyable. So um, I definitely recommend it. Mm. Gretchen McCulloch, by the way, listeners, if you really, really have got more time in your life for podcasts, <laughs> she hosts a podcast called Lingthusiasm. So I'm going to pop that in the show notes as well. You can find out more about it. Now, Shannon, there's one top three list that I want to just touch on. Uh, top three language courses slash online courses, language experiences, whatever you want to kind of put in there. Um, for language courses, full disclosure, because I am the head coach, but um, the Fluent in Three Months Challenge is a really great intensive course. It's 90 days. You get to a 15-minute conversation. It's worked for me every single time I've followed the plan. I will be doing it again for Hebrew. Um, it's something that I use for all of my languages, whether new or not, because there's several different iterations of it that you can do. If like there's advanced, there's polyglot, there's maintenance, and then there's the core challenge. So definitely the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, which was formerly called the Add One Challenge. Um, that would be one of the courses that I for sure use. Uh, another one would be uh, Kirsten's German course 
German Uncovered. Oh. And uh, yeah, I used it for German this year. And, you know, there's you know, the PDF, the audio, the grammar exercises, the vocabulary exercises. It's just so thorough and really well done and really well presented. And it just helped me a ton with my German when I was studying German. So that would be the second course that I absolutely recommend. Mm -hmm. And the third, again, shameless self-plug, but language league. We just completely revamped it this year. We added a new host, Kirsten. Hi. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, even for me as one of the hosts, especially now that there's two other hosts, that means that out of every three months, there's two months that it's content that's totally new to me or presented by a different person from a different perspective. And so I even get to learn as one of the hosts of Language League. So I really recommend it. It's a monthly membership. You get a new video lesson, a new workbook, a new challenge, um, live Q&As, practice sessions, everything. Um, every single month. And it's just a really great learning opportunity. I mean, Lindsay, Kirsten, and I even get to practice our languages during the speakeasies because, um, you know, when you show up, it's all about connecting with people who speak similar languages than you. And so sometimes it ends up that we ourselves participate in these exchanges. And so, you know, I've gotten to practice my Hindi. I've gotten to practice my Chinese. I've gotten to practice my Korean and Spanish this year just by being a part of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, it would definitely be my third recommendation. Fabulous. So, listeners, I didn't incite Shannon to to name the course, the German course that I made, but I'm very, very pleased. Honestly, when you've worked that hard on a course and, and it took it took a long time to make German Uncovered, it really wasn't um, – it's a big project. It's a huge course. So just because of all that, you know, it's so nice to hear positive feedback and to hear somebody enjoys it. So I'm very, very pleased. And the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, I still haven't tried it myself. I just don't like making videos. So – <laughs> and it does include ever so slightly making videos, but I never, I never don't hear good things about it. You know, it's always people, you know, people really challenge themselves. So if you're the kind of person who d- likes to do a challenge, I would echo that as well. You know, if the kind of person who wants to do a three month intensive, fluent in three months challenge is now the name of the add one challenge. Uh, that's right, right? Fluent thing must challenge. That, yeah, that's that's a really great one. And language league, yeah, come and join us. You, you're welcome anytime. That's our membership community. Shannon, Lindsay, and I hosted our membership community for language learners. So we've got Shannon's lists all sorted and kind of ready for you to enjoy. And just really talked through the year 2019. It's been. A fantastic conversation, Chan. It's been really, really nice hearing, you know, like what changed in your life, what changed in your languages, what kind of changed for you really with so many different things going on, but also like so many languages because every time, okay. And I'm just going to sort of, maybe we should bet a hundred dollars or something ridiculous like that on you saying, okay, right, this is really it now, you know, it's my 11th language, you know, I'm not doing any more, I'm just going to do all the old ones, and then we'll see in two years if you're not on language 14. I can't do that bet because I know I'll lose because I get <laughs> to learn new languages for work, so I just, I can't, I, I already know I'll lose that bet. Um, but, I mean, it'll be more a matter of if one of those languages swaps with one of the other languages that I've studied in the past, or if one of those older languages wins out. You and I have had this discussion about German before because German was one of my languages in the past, and I swapped it out mm. and decided I was like, I'm not going to study this language anymore. And then surprise, surprise, <laughs> that's not what happened. So, it, you know, w- whether that German in particular or Hindi in particular becomes a long-term language for me, or if those two languages are languages that I'm just learning until I go and do the music presentations that I need to do in those languages. And then I guess give them up after that. Um, so maybe the bet should be more about which languages that I'm still doing in two years from now, as opposed to (laughs) whether or not I'll learn a new language. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. And Shannon can be found at eurolinguist.com. She can also be found at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash language league, where me and Lindsay and Shannon hang out together. She can also be found at fluentinfreemonths.com under the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. And anywhere else, Shannon, that I need to mention, she can be found 
in the record industry or what in the record industry she can be found in the in, in your local record shop if that still exists or on your spotify or itunes under shannon kennedy what else um i think you covered it Yay! you know languagedrops.com for language drops fluent in three months.com for the fluent in three months challenge eurolinguist.com for my language projects and then shannon-kennedy.com for the music stuff and womaninlanguage.com for women in language of course <laughs> that is it that is it so there's lots and lots of stuff going on with shannon she has started saying no to some things but definitely still has about 17 hands 17 of her sort of hands in the fire i'm thinking of you like that there's a there's a hindi goddess isn't there a hindu goddess with lots of hands yes yes that's that's my mental image of shannon kennedy <laughs> listeners if you have feedback or you have opinions or you want to send your intro and hear yourself on the show speaking another language then please 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 get in touch i am on twitter at the fluent show you can find this show on instagram by searching for hashtag the fluent show of course we're on facebook as well just put fluent language learners in there and you'll find us and you can find me at fluent.show and send an email to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk so that's all of your online communication needs sorted sorted you can also come to canterbury and let me know <laughs> And then I'll hang out with you in Canterbury if you're lucky. So lots and lots of different ways of finding us. We love to hear from you and I hope you enjoyed this. Have a think about these questions and I would love to know what were your biggest language surprises of 2019? Shannon shared hers and I would love to hear yours from you. That is it for The Fluent Show. And as always, it is goodbye from me. Goodbye and goodbye from Shannon Kennedy. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.